Today's show is sponsored by CastCartel.com, your premium spirits marketplace. They are like the Amazon of the spirits industry. What you can do is go to CastCartel.com. They will match you up with retailers that want to sell you liquor over the internet. Yes, some of the allocated stuff is going to cost more. It's because it's convenient. You don't have to wait in line. You don't have to go to a raffle. You don't have to camp out overnight. You can go to CastCartel.com and get it shipped directly to your door. The daily drinkers are going to be more on par with what you would find in the store. So check them out for yourselves. Go to cascartel.com. Follow them at cascartel on Instagram. They're always doing awesome giveaways for their followers. Today's show is also sponsored by distilleryproducts.com, your source to get wholesale glassware, custom laser etched glass. If you are a store, if you are a distillery, if you are a bourbon group, reach out to me. I will get you in touch with Carson and Janie and Vicky and all the good folks over at distilleryproducts.com. If you go to any distillery, chances are they are using distilleryproducts.com for their glassware and they have options awesome wholesale prices. We use them for our dad's drinking bourbon glasses. I know a bunch of other people that use them too. You can get Glens, We Glens, the Kenzie Dram, the Tipsy Dram, a regular rocks glass, the Tua, the Neat Glass. They're the only place in North America where you can get a custom laser etched neat glass. Check them out, distilleryproducts.com. Reach out to me. I would love to get you in touch with them. It's always a, a good day and a fun time for me when a uh... You know, I get the random DMs where, where people have found some uh, blunder or, or innocent mistake you've made online that I can uh, just poke fun easily without even having to do my own research. I love how you, know, you the, have a network of trolls, but what did I do this time? Wearing socks inside of already insulated furry house shoes. It, it just seems kind of uh, overkill, pointless. I, I don't know. I have sensitive feet and I don't want my slippers to smell. How do those two things go together? Well, the socks help my sensitive feet, and they also help from the smell going into furry slippers. I mean, those Uggs look furrier than your back does. I don't see how that's not comfortable. It's super comfortable, and it's even more comfortable with some comfy socks on. As <laughs> long as you can own it, buddy. As long as you can I own it. I love it. Bring it on. <laughs> Everyone, my name is John Edwards, and with me as always is Zeke Baker, and together we make the Dad's Drink of Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us a part of your day, and thank you for appreciating socks with a good pair of slippers. Zeke, how are you tonight? Man, uh, Snowmageddon day, what, three, four? Four. Jeez, I don't even know anymore. It is Snowmageddon day four. This will be out on Snowmageddon day five. A lot of people make fun of the South. And as a northerner that moved south, I am technically a carpetbagger. It is completely an infrastructure thing here. What kills me is when I watch a salt truck, like with a plow on the front, and it's not salting, the plow's not down. They don't understand that after the ice is already down, you can't be salting it. You need to be putting sand on top of it. I mean, there's a lot that the south could learn, but I understand it's totally an infrastructure thing. It's a budget thing. If there is half an inch of ice or four inches of snow, shit's going to shut down. 
I've always equated it to, uh, you know, a bit of a peace of mind kind of thing. Like you, you always hate going to bed with like the uncertainty of like, well, is work going to be open tomorrow? Are the kids going to have school tomorrow? Is it going to be mixed? Like what's going on? Like, no, you know what? Uh, you know, pretty much, especially in, you know, recent years, just across the board, everybody's just like, F it. <laughs> Free day. <laughs> See y'all next time. Enjoy it. Don't get out here. Don't hurt yourself. We don't want any liability and uh, have fun with your kids or whatever you're with. Well, I like the statement from the cities where they're like, yeah, we're going to plow the main roads, but like all you neighborhoods and all you subsidiary roads, like you ain't getting plowed. So don't be expecting shit. I mean, I thought that was a pretty good plan of attack. I mean, at least here, they kept all the interstates open. They kept, or for the most part, did pretty good, I felt like. You know, that kept the 18-wheelers and state-to-state commerce moving, if you want to think What do you mean? There was way. a big old jackknifed 18-wheeler on the highway today. I mean, one bad seed doesn't ruin it for everyone, but I felt like the roads or the interstates have looked pretty good. I, I agree with that mentality. You know, keep the, the, the interstate commerce moving and let everybody that's uh, here on the local level just you know, sit at home and sweats all day. Sit at home and sweats, go out, make a snowman, go sledding. I went sledding every day. I went out and bought three sleds and everybody in the neighborhood has come over to our house because I'm the only one with a truck with four by four. I went out and got the sleds. Their kids don't have sleds. It's tough. I mean, I don't want to sound like a jerk here, but I'm trying to like make sure my kid has a sled and now there's 12 <laughs> kids fighting over three sleds and to make matters worse, two of those sleds broke today. So I had to be that guy who said, nope, we can't use this one sled anymore because I have to save it for my daughter. Taking my sled and I'm going home. <laughs> I have taken my sled. I'm going home. And the only person that's using my sled is my daughter at this point, because I would rather have y'all be mad at me than her scream in my ear for two hours. Well, you know, you, you could have spun it to, uh, you know, like a contingency or whatever for who gets to use a sled and taught them all like the ins and outs of a snowball fight. And whoever wins the snowball fight gets to use the sled. <laughs> Anyways, talking about a fight, you know, football's over. We have moved to college basketball. There's soccer. There's Europa League, all sorts of stuff going on. This Saturday, for our friends at Action247.com, Zeke, you want action. Get in on the action. They are the only sports book by Tennesseans for Tennesseans which means you have to live in Tennessee. I mean, I think a surefire game, and I hate to say this. I mean, this is my alma mater, but Kentucky is awful this year, and they are playing number 19 Tennessee. I think if there is a week to go orange, this is a week to go orange. I mean, going orange is never good, at least it's never good. Tennessee or the, uh, the picking up trash route. But um, I will say – I hadn't kept up with college basketball much, but I did laugh the day talking to uh, the guy I work with. He's a UNC guy. And uh, I was like, man, the night I was sitting there, like I had it on ESPN or whatever, I look up and it's like, oh, wow, it's the UNC Duke game. And it wasn't relevant. No. Neither team ranked. Like nobody cared. I mean, I was like, man, like, you know, the two times a year they played, that used to be the matches to watch along with a few others. But I was like, man, I guess, you know, everything changes. Well, what's really funny is Kentucky is seven and thirteen this year. UNC is thirteen and seven. North Carolina is playing Louisville this weekend. Louisville's eleven and four. They're not awful, but they're not what you would expect from a Louisville. 
I mean, there are some other games here. If you're looking for surefire winners, you have number eight, Alabama playing Vanderbilt. You have number 10, Villanova playing UConn. There's a lot out there. Number 17, USC playing Arizona. Number five, Illinois playing unranked Minnesota. There's a lot out there. Go ahead, go to action247.com. Find them online at tnaction247. They have an app. The app is awesome too. Use code DADS100. They will match up to $100 of your first deposit. And Zeke has been killing it with them. Also, they are doing a poor man's pappy giveaway until Sunday. So go ahead and find them on Instagram at TNAction247. Win some poor man's pappy. (laughs) So anyway, Zeke, our friends over at Bourbon Pursuit, Ryan and Kenny, We have been in a bourbon group together. We are all friends. I went to college with them. They put out a whiskey. I'm a little bit jealous, though. I wish we put out a whiskey as a podcast, but they've been around a little bit longer than us, and they put out this Pursuit United. So Bourbon Pursuit, the podcast, put out Pursuit United. It is a blend of mash bills from three different distilleries in three different states. The small batch blend of straight bourbon whiskeys was created with partnerships to build a new flagship expression bottled at 108 proof, 54% ABV, and non-chill filtered to maintain more barrel character. It's tailored to the growing number of whiskey drinkers that want to experience more flavor and less water. The blend of mash bills features three distilleries with bourbon barrels ranging from four to five years old. The Kentucky component is in partnership with Bardstown Bourbon Company using a bourbon mash bill that delivers prominent notes of caramel and maple. The partnership with Finger Lakes Distilling in New York utilizes their award-winning weeded mash bill to provide more vibrant fruit notes. The final component supplies deep and rich character with sweet oak influence coming from an undisclosed distillery in Tennessee that is not located in Tullahoma. So that's a lot for you to think about. Any questions before we get in on this? What was the mash bill for the third one? We don't know. Oh, I heard them toss out wheat for the middle one. So I don't know if they tossed anything for the last one. It's just sweet oak influence and deep and rich character. And it's not in Tullahoma, but it's four to five years old. So sweet oak from Columbia, supposedly a wheated mash from the Finger Lakes people in New York and... Kentucky's supposed to yield vanilla from the BBC blend. Caramel and maple from BBC. Hmm. What did you think about this whiskey, Zeke Baker? We will go quick. Our friends at Bourbon Pursuit do the whiskey quickies. Let's not waste any time. Nose-wise, I put down that uh, at first it was uh, peanut brittle with what I thought was bark and ethanol. By bark, it really kind of reminded me of being a kid and picking up pine cones in the yard. Uh, if you've ever had to experience that each summer, uh, you don't forget it. Thought as it nose a little further into the glass, it really got kind of musty. Palette-wise, it started off with youthful corn, which became quite prickly. There was uh, some faint and early hints of caramel, and faint and early, I mean uh, the sensation of caramelization, just very early on in light. It was slightly sawdusty, I thought. The interaction with the oak seemed very fresh or youngish as far as... It just really hadn't been mingling with the wood that long that they, you know, they felt like they were still a uh, middle school dancing with hands on the hips and a good three feet between them, probably. Towards the back, I mean, I almost picked up maybe something like a, a light fruit, similar to like white fruits, like pears and stuff. Things that I get in non-peated scotches, 
not necessarily bourbon whiskey. And kind of overall on the finish, uh, I thought it had just a residual herbal and medicinal feel that I would say was akin to unsweet tea. So the nose for me, I got a little bit of like molasses sorghum honey on the nose with some caramel and peanut brittle. The taste, oak, dry, a little bit of corn. There's something funky on the roof of my mouth in there. As it goes to the finish, it's just in the middle of the palate. Orange, leather, light fruit. You know, orange is part of it, but it's other light fruits as well. And I know what you're saying. The finish, I got a lot of oak. It's young oak. It's not old oak, but there's like a malt aspect, but it's not really malt. I can't describe it. It's just something funky that lingers along with the oak. It's not bad. I don't hate that part of it. It's just got a little bit of funkiness to it. Yeah, the finish, I mean, it definitely reminded me of non-peated scotch or whiskey or malt whiskey somewhere in that space. Funny, you you jumped on that as well, but I really caught it on the on the finish side of things. It, it reminded me definitely more of that than I would say any uh, bourbon whiskey. And I definitely didn't hate it. I mean, I could see it not being your jam. I could see it being that kind of hybrid between a, a scotch and a bourbon like there's something in between that could kind of get people over at 65 bucks i think this is probably priced 15 bucks too high i think people are going to buy it anyway because of their following and i love what kenny and ryan and fred are doing over there at bourbon pursuit but i mean it's four to five year old whiskey i would love to see it even come down 10 bucks I see what they're doing. I mean, I just think Macaulay said it in the Blue Note podcast, bourbon pricing is becoming ridiculous. And yes, they're an NDP. Yes, they have to source these barrels. So kind of my thought was, and, uh, you know, as you were reading off the stats uh, there from the magazine, also an ad on the back, interestingly enough, that looks like the slogan or the catchphrase is an adventure in bold flavors. I wouldn't say that's an incorrect statement. I felt like the bold flavors went in very opposite directions. Blending on larger formats is probably not the easiest thing in the world. Even sometimes smaller format can be quite tricky. You know, we've tinkered around with it more than a few times now. So in my own mind, when I tried to compartmentalize the the different juices and the three different products that went into this, it seemed kind of hard to me to piece together or find that there was an overall synergy or theme to it. And to that, there are some bold flavors. It's just like you're all in a huddle and you say break and everybody goes a different direction. To kind of sum that up, my overall thoughts before that, when I got done tasting this, going through it the first couple of times, I just put down, you know, I'm not really sure that the sum of these parts is greater than quite a few of the other craft distilleries that are putting out an individual part, so to speak. I feel like it it just didn't have any harmony to it. Everybody was on a different page. I don't know, Zeke. I kind of want to see where all of this goes. I think it's interesting that they're pulling in New York with Tennessee and Kentucky. A lot of people normally put Indiana with Tennessee and Kentucky. So... I think that the relationships pursuit has may lead to some very interesting blends down the line. I'm going to say for sure. And you, you know, for you know some time now they, they've worked closely with, you know, Beryl and Joe and those folks. And I'm, I can't imagine they didn't have some guidance or influence as well on, you know, how they've gone through the blending process. And obviously they throw together some very unique uh, pieces in, into a pie that turns out pretty good most days. But yeah, the New York thing, that's that's the one if I had to put my finger on something that I felt like threw the curve in there. I don't know, maybe I'm just uh, 
<laughs> being prejudiced, but <laughs> from the other New York stuff we've had, I'm like, ah, I wonder what percent of that really went into this in the final, you know, composite. Because if I had to point my finger at one out of three, that that's where I would jump to. It's very easy for the Southerner to jump on the New Yorkers. It's very easy for a Bostonian to jump on the New Yorkers. I do like what Taconic is doing. Haven't had a lot of the Finger Lakes yet. And it is a weeded Mashville coming from the north. So just something to think about. I do like what they're doing, though. I hope Pursuit keeps being united. I hope they keep pushing the envelope. I hope they keep trying to blend things together and utilize their partnerships in order to do so. I know this one was 2,250 bottles. The next release in March is looking to be about 8,000 bottles. So good luck, Kenny and Ryan. Keep on keeping on. Keep growing. Keep doing what you're doing. Y'all try this one at a bar for now. See what you think. I'm interested in what you think about the the funkiness to it. I like what they're doing. Kenny, Ryan, keep it up. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. It's, uh, we always need to see more innovation with bourbon. And obviously, I, you know, we talked about it sometime in a recent episode where, you know, we felt like that was going to be the, the the next wave to come through is, all right, we've, we've seen sourcing happen and we understand that and everybody's kind of over that hurdle but now we're going to see blending the various sources, things along those lines. So, you know, kudos to them for uh, being at the forefront of, of this next movement that uh, I think a lot of us predict coming. Absolutely. You can find Zeke and I on Facebook at Dad Shrinker Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dads, Instagram at Dad Shrinker Bourbon. Find us wherever you download your podcast. Chances are you already have because you're listening to us right now. Zeke, where else can the folks find us? Good old snowed in Music City, USA. Cheers. Ciao.